Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. I have been excited for today for a long time. And I want to introduce to you our guest who will be with us and is bringing God's word to us today. Pastor Tim Gilligan is the founding pastor of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. Meadowbrook is not just an amazing church, but they are a place of influence, not just blessing their community, but literally churches around the world. And Pastor Tim is not only a pastor, but he is Dr. Tim Gilligan and uh, received his doctor of ministry from the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary and uh, teaches in quite a few different places. And one of the areas that his teaching focuses on is preaching. So he's not just a pastor, he's not just a doctor, he is a great preacher. And when this pastor wants to listen to someone preach, oftentimes who I will go and listen to is I'll get on Meadowbrook Church's podcast and listen to the preaching of Pastor Tim Gilligan. Because he's not just a pastor and a doctor and a preacher, he's my brother. And, well, <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done. So some of you are like, wait, wait a minute, Chief. I've heard you say you're an only child. Yes. So our dad was married twice and three children from his first marriage, one from the second. And uh, we are so privileged. If you were with us several weeks ago when I talked about the power of a praying grandma, I'm so thankful for the prayers of Agnes Gilligan. That I think in so many ways brought blessing into our lives. And I am so thankful for my brother, Tim Gilligan. And you would not know this, but so many things that have been influential in my life as a minister, as a pastor, as a preacher, are things that I have just kind of picked up and watched and modeled. And it's been things in Pastor Tim's leadership that have helped me in so many ways in fulfilling God's call in my life. And so I have been so excited to introduce to you. You know how when you have a friend and then you have a friend who you get to introduce to your other friend and you just are so glad when those two friends get to be friends, do you know what I mean? I'm so excited to introduce to you this guest that God has brought, who I know, I know has a word divinely from God for some of you that are watching online in this room today. So Calvary, can I ask you to stand to your feet and give a great big Calvary welcome to pastor, doctor, preacher, my brother, Tim Gilligan, as he comes to bring God's word today. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey, good morning, good morning. Yes, I'm as equally as handsome as, <laughs> as Chad. Good morning, Calvary. How are you all? Good, good. I have so looked forward to, to uh, being here, and we had a wonderful first service. And, but that first service did you no good at all, because you weren't here, but you're here now. And uh, we're going to have a great time. Did you come expecting today? Yeah. Expectation is huge. I'm prepared. I'm ready. I believe God's going to help me, but you know... Uh, you've got a hunger and thirst, and I pray that you'll do that today. Uh, did you know that you have an incredible pastor? I mean, for real. So, and no, I didn't come. We're not going to take turns. Him say something nice about me, and I say, you know. But here's the reality. At my age and travel and experience and everything, I've, I've been exposed to a lot of churches, a lot of pastors. This is a healthy 
church. You have an incredible pastor. I'd say that even if he wasn't my brother. And um, the spirit of this place, the peace that is in this place. We say back home in, in Florida, I'm in Ocala, Florida, North Central Florida, church days affect the rest of your days. Did you hear that? Church days affect the rest of your days. And as we see the day approaching, the book of Hebrews tells us, make it your business, make it your habit, your manner of living. That I don't know if I can say this, but get to church, get your rear in here, okay? And uh, because church days do matter. I wanna honor Pastor Chad and uh, Rhonda, and I have to do that because I'm staying with them. But uh, <clears throat> no, I'm loving it. Um, but one of the big, big things I've just been very excited about, very important for me on this trip, was to get to see Vera. So Chad's mom, Vera, is my stepmom. And so when my mom and dad divorced and dad came back to Ohio and then, you know, the whole custody thing going on. And, and you know what, this is, this is a while back, but when my parents divorced, Chad's dad, my dad, and then my mom, I was the only kid in my class from a divorced family. My, how our world has changed. And it was tough and nobody talked to us. Nobody knew what to say really, you know, and so we're part of the summer with dad and then back to our life, you know, and dad would come down another time during the year. But Vera was so good to my brother and I. Two little skinny, little scared kids. And she loved on us. She taught us songs of God and uh, just prayed for us, encouraged us. And then our, our grandmother, <coughs> excuse me, um, could I get water? <clears throat> You ever get choked up? <laughs> Do you ever get choked up in front of a bunch of people? <clears throat> That's a different one. But um, we're very aware that we're riding on the prayers of our grandmother. And so if you're praying for somebody, pray. Even if they're a skinny little kid, God may have something really, really good for them one day. Amen. Um, I want to encourage you, um, this is a great church, get planted. The Bible says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord will thrive. Anybody here want to thrive? Okay, I'm going to look. How many, anybody here want to thrive? All right. You need to get yourself planted in the house of the Lord. And uh, don't just believe, belong. Don't just show up. Don't just attend. Plug in. Find out how you can serve. There's joy in serving. There's strength in serving. It's not about getting up a group of volunteers. It is good for you because there is joy and strength that comes from serving. Can I, can I get an amen today? Amen. All right. Let me um, show you a little bit here, and then we're going to get into the word today. Um, this is my family. Actually, they're all actors, and I hired them for this picture. Uh, my wife, Alicia, and I, and we have five children, most of them married. My youngest son just got engaged, and I've got four grandbabies. This is the smartest, cutest, funniest child in North America, right there. And uh, we just spent um, a perfect six days together at a lake house in Georgia, and I'm just so thankful. They all, they all still love Jesus, and they still love me. And so um, I'm real happy and blessed that way. 
Um, also, um, I have a teaching cassette tape set up out in the, tape, in the lobby so you can stop by and buy my cassettes afterwards. How many of you remember cassettes? <laughs> How many of you don't know what a cassette is? Okay, I really don't. But there are other ways that we leverage and steward the message in these days, uh, digitally and so forth. So it's not just a one and done message, but that we have access to it around the clock, around the world, all all the time. And so I've got a couple of podcasts that I want to make you aware of. One is called Inside Out. It's usually, it's weekly, it's 10 to 12 minutes. Uh, Did you know that we're designed to live from the inside out? And most people are living from the outside in. So everything that's going on out here, we take that in and then we just clog up our soul and no wonder we're all confused, mad and everything else, you know. But we're actually divinely designed to live from the inside out. And I talk about that every week. Um, And uh, so you can get a hold of that one inside out. And then uh, the other one is called Nurture Network. This is monthly. This is for leaders. This is for uh, ministers even business leaders, uh, my executive pastor, Tom Fox, he's actually from Toledo. Um, he's preaching for me back home today. He hosts that with me. And we talk about ministry um, concepts and problems and, and so forth. And so both of those are available and uh, they're entirely free. You know how podcasts work. I made a joke in church that it costs $47 a month, just joking. And we had two old ladies call the office. I don't want to pay that. (laughs) And another one wanted to know how to pay that. So it's free. Everybody say free. And uh, they're available. So I feel awkward saying this as a humble shepherd, servant of God. But how do you get these? Follow me on social media. And uh, when you do that, that'll get you uh, connected to that. And I believe Pastor Chad said, y'all are going to put up a link later um, on your own uh, website as well. And then we have uh, a couple of ebooks that we've done. These also are free. One is called Anti Anxiety. Not that that's an issue today at all, but um, Taking Back Your Life in an Age of Worry. Um, and that's free. It's a book. I also have a teaching series on that, but the ebook there, Done with Dysfunction. Have you all even heard of dysfunction before? <laughs> And uh, so this is done with this function and then what happy families know. Those are free, those are available. We just wanna help people. And so uh, you can go to our website, uh, nbcocala.com and you can, you can find those there. Well, how about we get into the word? Okay. Um, I wanna talk to you today about how to be glad. How to be glad. How to stay happy in a crazy world. Did you know it's a crazy world? Okay, we do three things at our church back home. Uh, I started to say my church, not my church. I'm just an under shepherd, and uh, I know whose church it is, okay? Jesus is head over all things to the church. But we do three things very intentionally every time we come together. First of all, we lift up. Everybody say lift up. We lift up. That's what we just did. We didn't have a song service. We want to we wanna lift up. The second thing, and great, great job, by the way, worship team. Can we thank them? Please thank them. <laughs> pastor said that I'm a, what am I? I'm a preacher and a doctor and his brother. And I'm also a musician. And I know music as well. I made my living in music um, last century, but it, it still counts. And um, this was not only musically good, I felt their hearts. I felt their genuine heart uh, to worship God. So we lift up 
And the second thing we do is we listen up. Come on, say that with me. Listen up. That's what we're about to do. And then when we're all done in just a little bit, we're going to leave here and then we're going to live it out. Say that with me. Live it out. It would be a swing and a miss to come in here and just do a song service, listen to a boring sermon, and then just go and do whatever. But we come in intentionally, and this is sacred, and God will meet us here and he will go with you as we come in, we lift up, we listen up, and we go live it out. Anybody here want to be glad? Well, it's a crazy world, and first of all, I think we need to admit, it's a crazy world out there. And so much has has changed and changes uh, accelerating and um, so many things going on. Um, there are a number of reasons for it. You do know this from scripture. You're well taught. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So our battle is actually spiritual. The origins uh, and the roots of the problems in our world, in our life, in our family, even at your address, are spiritual. There are natural things as well. People are involved but it starts out spiritually. So why is our world so crazy? Why is it changing in so many different ways? Why is there so much angst and hate and confusion and fear? Why, why, why? So I wanna look at a couple reasons. We're gonna, we're gonna learn how to get glad in a minute, but we gotta figure out what's wrong too, okay? So first of all, 1 John 4 tells us that the spirit of Antichrist is in the earth today. Did you know that? Okay, I don't know if the Antichrist is in the earth today. That's beyond my pay grade, okay? No man knows the day or the hour. You know, it's God's timeline. Did you know that Jesus is coming again? All right, he is coming again. And uh, well, when's he coming? I don't know. Did you know that not even the angels know? The son himself does not know. Only the father knows, okay? And as I read church history, I mean, for a couple hundred years now, everybody thought that Jesus was coming back in their lifetime. Um, so I don't, I don't wanna be the, the lone standout. I think he's gonna come back maybe in our lifetime. If he does, if he doesn't, this is our last days anyway, okay? And so, but there is in the earth today, the scripture reveals the spirit of Antichrist is already at work. So what is that? Well, just break down the word, Antichrist. Do you see that at all in the world? Do you see resistance and opposition to Christ, to his church, to Christianity, uh, being uh, minimized, nominalized, uh, marginalized, you know, Christians? Uh, you can be, say anything else except us, Christians, you know? Don't worry about it, don't worry about it, because there's, there's a bigger picture on all of us. But there is in the earth today. Why is the world so crazy? Because there is the spirit of Antichrist. Um, in my lifetime, in your lifetime, we have seen where Christianity, and, and there's some people in my church don't like me to say this, but we are in a post-Christian world. Oh, don't say that, Pastor. No, it's, it's, it's true. We used to, used to, Christianity was in the middle of the classroom, middle of the boardroom, middle of the courtroom. It was everywhere. And now we've been pushed out to the side. Did we, did we miss some of our chances or this or that? Oh, I am sure. But the point is, the spirit of Antichrist is in the earth today. Second Thessalonians also tells us, this is another reason why the world's crazy, the mystery of lawlessness is at work. Do you see that? Okay. Y'all can hear me up there, right? Okay. Uh, the mystery of lawlessness is at work. And Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse seven says this, that, that 
lawlessness is at work and it's being restrained and it will be restrained until he who restrains it is taken out of the way. We look in the, in the uh, scholarly translations of that, you'll see that that he is capitalized. So he who restrains lawlessness, I believe, is the Holy Spirit in the earth today. It is his presence. And where else is his presence? It's in his people. It's, it's in his church. And so we're not physically restraining something, but by our presence, by our prayers, by our worship, by our walking with God, lawlessness is restrained. You with me? Did y'all hear about the pandemic? Do you remember there were shutdowns? Did y'all have those here? Okay. Well, I'm from Florida, so... Churches, everything got shut down, but churches got shut down. And if you're able to get a hold of some of the sources and look past just the commercial news that you receive all the time, there are, there are numerous things happening in numerous states where churches were being targeted to stay shut down while other things were being allowed to, you know. And so we look at evil leaders and so forth. You've got to remember the spirit of Antichrist mystery of lawlessness underneath all, all of these things. And what happened in our nation and in our world when churches were essentially taken out of the way and where lawlessness was restrained? How many of you know that lawlessness became virtually unrestrained? Well, I'm telling you that when Jesus comes again and he takes his Holy Spirit and his church, lawlessness will then be fully Unrestrained. That's part of what's going on, why our world is so crazy. 1 Corinthians 2 talks about the spirit of the world. That's part of the reason why. And here's another one. I don't know if you thought about this. Romans chapter 1 would support this. Uh, why is our world so crazy? The arrogance and the ignorance of man. And then let me give you one last one. We could, we could talk for weeks on this. God's timeline. God's timeline. Which is more than any of us, all of these things more than any of us will be able to understand. There have been things that have been running underneath the surface for a long, long time that are now on the surface and our world has become crazy. So there are a couple things that we have to know. If we're going to be glad, let me ask you again, who wants to be glad? Come on, I'm getting up a group. Okay, all right. Couple things you have to know. You have to know this. You don't have to understand all the other broken, crazy stuff, but there are a couple things you better know in the middle of this. And the first one is this, God is in control. Come on, say it, God is in control. Say it like you mean it, Toledo. All right, God is in control. And it's good for you to sometimes say that. You know, situations happening, stuff going on, you're feeling things, you're watching something on the news. God's in control. God is in control. The second thing you need to know is this, is God is good. Now, if he was in control and he wasn't good, I'd be afraid but he is in control and he is good and that makes me glad. So this is the basis of us being glad and happy in a crazy world is God is sovereign. There's no one greater than him. There's nothing he cannot do. And anything he wants to do, no one will stop him. Okay? So don't think that God is old and pasty and dusty and ashy and forgetful. No, God is God. 
He's absolutely God and he's sovereign and he's God. But the reason we can trust him and be glad is because not only is he sovereign and in control, he is good. He is good. Come on, say it. He is good. And you say, well, pastor, I don't know about this. He's in control. Have you looked at our world? He is, he is good. Have you looked at our world? Listen, you've got to look bigger. You've got to look at the bigger picture. Jesus, when he was crucified, remember Good Friday? Well, it wasn't called Good Friday on the first Good Friday. It was a mess. Everything was coming apart. Everything they had hoped for was gone. It is over. This is not a Good Friday. This is a horrible Friday. But a few days later, you have to say, that's a good Friday. We celebrate it every year because of the good that happened that it did not look like was going to happen. It looked like everything was over and everything was undone. It was Friday, as John Osteen used to say. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And Sunday came. And you know what? It caught the enemy by surprise. Because the enemy thought he now had the upper hand. The devil thought he had, he had the win on the board, but not but not so. It, it did not look like God was in control, but actually the scripture reveals that everything that was going on was the secret and hidden wisdom of God. Let me read to you a verse here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, none of the rulers of this age, both spiritual and natural, none of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they really realized what was going on. They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Instead, what they did is sacrifice the Lamb of God. And guess who got forgiven of their sins? Guess who got our ticket to hell canceled and got a new reservation in heaven? That's a good Friday. Looked like a mess. Things looked like a mess. You've got to understand God is in control and God is good. Perhaps to help us understand a little bit better, maybe we don't say God is in control. Maybe we could put it this way. God is in charge. He's in charge. Think about elementary school. How many of you went to school? Um, teachers out of the room. And it's bedlam. It's loud. It's rowdy. Some kid's got another kid in a headlock. Another kid stealing somebody's lunch spitballs, all the stuff's going on. Teacher walks in, teacher's there. Doesn't look like teacher's in control, but you know what? Teacher is in charge. Do y'all watch hockey? We have the Tampa Bay Lightning, just wanted to tell you that. But um, what do y'all have, the Blue Jackets? The who? Walleye, is that a fish? Okay. Okay. Anyway, when you watch hockey, there's guys holding on to each other and just hitting each other. And right there with this little whistle and on his skates is the ref. It's like, stop them. And sometimes it lets them go. I don't know why. And other times stops them and puts them in a box. You know? But the whole thing is, it does not look like anybody's in control, but the ref is in charge. Now, those comparisons pale to the fact that God is in control. God is in charge and God is good. Can you say amen? amen? Now get a hold of this. You know we're not going to be here forever. I mean, not the service, <laughs> but this life, this place, this earth. And you need to know this. Big picture. Everybody say big picture. 
For the believer, any believers here? For the believer, this is the most hell you will ever have. For the unbeliever, this is the most heaven you will ever have, unless you become a believer. You've got to think big, big picture. Man, I am going through hell. If you're going through hell, keep on going. Because it will change. It will change. All right, are you all with me? Psalm 144, verse 15. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Notice it did not say happy are the people who everything's going my way. No, happy are the people who what? Is God's law. Not happy are the people who know about the Lord. Not happy are the people who go to church sometimes. Not happy are the people who are a Christian. Happy are the people whose God is the boss. That he, he gets the first and final say on the things in your life. That'll make you happy. Because life works when you do it God's way. Amen. Psalm 146, verse 5. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help whose hope is in the Lord his God. So this biblical concept of gladness, happiness, joyful, contentment, they're all essentially um, closely related. Everybody wants to be happy. Can I see who wants to be happy in here? Everybody wants to be happy. What matters is how do you try to get there? How do you try to get happy? See, a lot of people are going about happy in the wrong way. Well, if I could just be with them, if I could have that, if I could look like this, if I could go there, if I could taste that, then I would be happy. And I've met enough people and read about enough people and heard enough things that there are people that have high and lofty goals and places they want to do and things they want to get and uh, status they want to attain, things they want to possess, people they want to be with, and they get there and it's the old song and they still haven't found what they're looking for. We're only going to find it in God. We're only gonna find it in God. The whole world is lying to you. This will make you happy. This will make you sexy. This will make your hair shine. This will make your hair grow back. <laughs> so we've gotta know that God is the way. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. So happy, it's how we go about getting to that place of happy. And you need to be happy. And you can be happy. Please know this. I, I, there's a, there's a, a fog that is over so many people that they just don't think they can be happy and glad in this life. And you can be. Now, here, in the land of the living, you can be glad and you can be happy. And I, I hope to show you a little bit of that here today. So there's a couple of different kinds of happiness or gladness. The first one I would call circumstantial. Would you read that with me? Circumstantial. How many of you, that's the biggest word you read all week? All right, good job. Circumstantial, and it means this, it's based on circumstances. That if things are going great, I'm happy. If things go sideways or they go south, I'm sad. I'm not only sad, I'm mad, okay? Is this anybody? So if things are going my way, I'm good. Things don't go my way, I'm not good. That's circumstantial gladness and happiness. This is not the one that we want to have here. So in essence, our two big words when circumstantial is if and when. And so if only this, then I would be happy. Or when this happens, 
I'll be happy. And that's circumstantial. We don't want circumstantial. We want instead to have a gladness, a joy that is a condition. Look at me. I have a condition. And I hope it's contagious today. I, I hope you'll catch it today. And it'll be your condition. My joy and gladness. Now, of course, my emotions sometimes rise and fall with my circumstances. But remember this, this is not the message today, but remember this, maturity is measured by recovery time. How long does it take you to get over something, okay? And your perspective helps with this. But circumstantial, you know, it happens to us. Real things happen, and wow, that didn't make me happy. You know, that made me mad. You know, but instead, I cannot just have a joy and gladness that's based on my circumstances, but I can have a condition a real condition that happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Now, there's a lady named Elizabeth Elliot, and I have a great quote by here. We'll read it in just a moment. Her husband was a missionary. They were missionaries, and the natives that they were ministering to in Ecuador killed him. And she stayed for another two, almost three years, ministering to the very people who killed her husband because of the call of God that she was to do that. And this is one of her quotes, incredible. The secret is Christ in me, not me in another set of circumstances. Would you read it with me? The secret is Christ in me, not me in another set of circumstances. See, this is not a circumstantial joy or happiness. It's a condition because Christ is in me. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Let's pull that back up again. Psalm 144. Y'all still with me? I'm sorry, I said y'all. You guys still with me? What do y'all say up? What do you say up here? Guys? All right. Come on. Come on again. Happy? Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Now, some people are, and you find yourself here. Some people are predominantly sad and occasionally happy. That's circumstantial. Other people are predominantly happy and occasionally sad. Hope you found yourself. So if you're predominantly sad and occasionally happy, I would probably guess that you have more of a circumstantial joy and happiness. But if you're predominantly happy and occasionally sad, you have a condition. It's a good condition. It's a happiness, it's a gladness that comes because God is in control and God is good. Amen? Now, let's get some scripture here. Proverbs 15, 15 in the Amplified Bible. All the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil. So it's already a mess and now it's worse. You're making it worse by anxious thoughts and forebodings. But, come on, everybody say but. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast. Help me out on this part. Regardless of the what? I'm sorry. Of the circumstances. So I can, even in evil days and hard times, I can still have a glad heart and the sense of a continual feast regardless of my circumstances because I have a condition. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Proverbs 17, 22. In the Amplified Bible, again, a happy heart is good medicine and a cheerful mind works healing. 
but a broken spirit dries up the bones. And then Proverbs 12, 25, anxiety in the heart causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Can I get an amen? There's a whole lot of unhappiness in the world, a lot. There are things that happen what I would call micro, and that's the stuff that happens close to you and you feel it's just particular to you. You know, they didn't treat me right at that store. My spouse said this. Um, I've got some mystery, something going on in my body and I'm worried about it. You've got micro and then we have macro, which is big. You got all the stuff going on in our nation, our world and down the street and you've got all, all of those things going on and it creates a lot of fear and creates a lot of unhappiness. I just made a list. There's many, many, many reasons why we have so much unhappiness in the world. Fears, worries, questions, Changes, threats, stressors, our history, news, war, politics, politics, politics. I'm sorry, sometimes I repeat myself. Economy, gas prices, inflation, health issues, relationship concerns. Loss, anger, hate, failures, disappointment, injustice, negativity, all, all these things going on in it, and it just kind of taints everything. You're raining on my parade. But see, we've got to know that we can do something about this, that actually something has been done about this, and we've got to decide which bus to get on, okay? Circumstantial or condition. Um, I mentioned negativity. I want to mention something called negativity bias. And if you have it, uh, I wish there was a cream for it so you could rub it on you, okay? But a negativity bias, and a lot of people have this, have researched this, um, you just seem to see what's wrong with everything. You're drawn to the negative, to the news. If you drive down the street, you don't notice that somebody's making an effort in your yard. You just see the yard where they've thrown out an old couch and an old refrigerator, you just notice what's wrong, what's broken. And typically, too, if conversation, somebody could praise you, say good things to you, and then say one thing that might could be taken wrong, and you take that. And that's what fuels you for, for weeks to come. Something happens to you, and you feel like it was intentional. You feel like it was personal. It is, it is toxic for this to be in your life, to have a negativity bias. We have to free ourselves from it. And I believe that even what I'm gonna share with you today to help you to help you to get out of that. Now, as a believer, you need to know that joy and gladness, happiness, contentment, joyfulness is available to us, but it's not automatic. It's not just effortless. We have to participate. We have to cooperate. Everybody say cooperate. You know, some of us are like, it's like dressing a toddler. Do y'all know what I mean? I mean, they're, they're, they're doing every other, I about fell off. Um, they're doing every other thing, you know, and, and sometimes God trying to bless us, we're blocking his blessings. We're not cooperating. Because he's saying, look here and just be at peace with me. And no, I gotta watch the news. So we've, we got all of this going on you know, in our lives and, and God is trying to bless us. He's trying to bring what he paid a dear price for us to have. 
And it includes this, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. That doesn't mean simple-minded and ignoring the rest of the world and sticking our head in the sand and just getting in our tight little group of, it's just us believers and we hate the rest of the world. Don't act like that. You are salt, you are light, and you better be sugar too, okay? And you're here to shine. And the world needs to see some people with some genuine gladness. Not fake Christians with their church smiles. Praise the Lord. I almost threw up just then. (laughs) We need to be real deal. There needs to be a genuine joy and gladness that's in our life. And you're never gonna have it. And they're gonna need it. They're gonna need it. Because people are gonna become so desperate and so hungry and so empty. They're looking around for somebody who seems to have some satisfaction in their life. And our satisfaction has not come from all the circumstances. Our satisfaction comes from the greatness of our God and the completed work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Amen. My sins are forgiven. I don't know if y'all ever sinned, but my sins are forgiven. I have what is called the joy of salvation. And when I mess up again, he is able to restore to me the joy of salvation. God, uh, Jesus made it a big deal. He was very much about your joy being full. Here, now, in the land of the living. So let's, let's look at this. Let's find out how to be glad. First of all, to be glad, it matters what you know. Come on, say it, what you know. Now, y'all aren't used to me, or excuse me, you guys aren't used to me. Why you make us read stuff? Because it's a teaching technique. Because if you just hear it, That's one thing. But guess what? We tricked you. You not only hear it, you see it. And you not only hear it and see it, I made you say it, which made it track through your brain. And now it's stuck. And so what you know, if you're gonna be happy in a crazy world, if you're gonna have gladness in your life, it matters what you know. Come on, say it again. What you know. Because later on, you're going to remember, now, what did that guy say about being glad? <laughs> Has to do with what you know to start with. You need to know that your theology matters. What you believe and know about God matters. You better make it your business to know some things. You need to know that God is big. And when you know that God is big and you realize how big You realize he's bigger than the enemy and he's bigger than my problems. You need to know that God's thoughts and ways are higher than your thoughts and ways. As far as the heavens are above the earth, so far are God's thoughts and ways. And he's being generous and kind there. He's way smarter than you. All right. You need condition. Everybody do this. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, everybody. All right. This is the approximate size of your brain. So make any necessary adjustments you need to. And with this, we wanna say that we're smarter than God. He created the heavens and the earth, and there's nothing impossible to him, and his thoughts and ways are higher than 
pea brain me thoughts and ways. And I'm not gonna question him. I'll ask him questions, but I'm not gonna question him. And I know that he's big. Come on, everybody say that he's big. He can outthink you. He's more creative than you. You say, well, I just don't know what we're gonna do. I'll figure something out. Well, you know what? God already has your answer. God can declare the end from the beginning. It makes me glad just to know that God is big and God is smart, God is able, and nothing's impossible with him, and that he's in control. It makes me glad to know that his word is true. Come on, church, his word is true. Uh, And the more you know, the more glad you'll be. The prophet Hosea said this, my people are destroyed for what? A lack of knowledge. The next verse says it's because you rejected knowledge. And so the more you know your theology matters, the more you know about God, the more glad you're gonna be. You need to know this, that for every problem, look at me, there is a promise. And so instead of dwelling so much on your problem, dig for the promise. And see, when I was coming up to dig for the promise, you know what we had to do? We had to go to the concordance or we had to ask somebody old at church. Now they have a new thing. You ready for this? Google. Come on, say it. Google. And and you can do this. You can Google. Don't do it now. Please don't do it now. Stay with me. But you could Google, I need a scripture verse. I need a promise from the Bible on fill in the blank. Whatever your problem is. And I mean, in 0.3 seconds, you're gonna get some answers. And they'll be there. That's good use of technology. For every problem, there is a what? There's a promise. You need to know that. You need to know that a growing relationship with God meets all needs, heals all hurts, fills all emptiness. You need to know that God is omnipotent. That means he's bigger power, uh, has more power than anybody. God is omniscient. He knows all things. God is omnipresent. Do you know what that means? He's everywhere present at the same time. When you were getting ready to come to church this morning, God was with you. When you left the house this morning, God waved at you. On your way to church, he was with you. When you got here, he was welcoming you. He's with you now. When you leave here, he's gonna wave. Do you get the idea? Wherever you go. And God is everywhere present at the same time. But get this, but God is not everywhere present in the same way. That's why you've gotta worship him. That's why you've gotta pray to him. He's all over the place, but he loves and he inhabits the praises of his people and he answers his people. He's everywhere present at the same time, but he's not everywhere present in the same way. Invite God, insist, God go with me, God be with me and invite him even into your mess and invite him into that. You need to know that you're never alone and you're never without help. You need to know that there's nothing he cannot do, nothing he cannot help, nothing he cannot fix. You need to know these things. And when everything else is a mess, and I know, hey, there's nothing that God cannot do, nothing that God cannot help, nothing that God cannot fix. You need to know that greater is he that is in me than he who is after me. You need to know that I have access to the throne of grace, not just because I'm good and I had a great week. No, I come needing mercy and I come needing grace. And you can go, you and I can go, no matter what's going on, we can boldly, freely go to the throne of grace and obtain mercy for our faults and failures and find grace to help us in our time of need. You need to know these things. And so when things happen in your life, now there's a fire right there. It's all right, I put these out before. 
and there's a fire extinguisher here and the fire department's right here. It's what you know instead of just totally freaking out about the stuff that's coming and is in your life. It's what you know is gonna help to make you glad. Can I get an amen? You need to know that John 10, 10 in the Amplified Bible, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But I, Jesus, came that they may have and enjoy life and have it to the full, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. John 16, you need to know that Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, is this not the truth? In the world you have tribulation. You have trials, frustration, distress, stuff ticks you off. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So if you're gonna be glad, it matters what you know. If you're gonna be glad at also this, it matters what you focus on. What you focus on. Could you put that on the screen for me here? What you focus on. Come on, read it with me. What you focus on. Now, how many of you wanted to be glad? There you are. Well, how are you gonna be glad? Well, it has to do with what you know and what you, what you focus on. This is a biggie right here. We are in is what, what is called the information age. It has actually become the age of distraction. The age of distraction. And we all have a distraction contraption. You probably brought it with you today. And maybe have a smartphone. Do y'all have phones up here? And they brought your flip phone. Okay. Um, I recently did some research on this. That on average, in the great United States of America, we check our phones 95 times a day. Why do you check your phone 95 times a day? We get a little chemical hit off of it. And we, we got to check, did I get any messages? Somebody like what I posted. And we, and we got to check it. And we just unconsciously, we're just, it's, it's almost like we're getting a little hit off of it. It's like, or something. I don't know. Did I do that right? I don't know. But 95 times a day, we have a problem, y'all. And get this. And if you go to something, it's like, I'm just going to look up Weather in Toledo. Well, get that, okay, thank God you can do that so quick. It's packing to come up here, what's the weather in Toledo? But here's the thing, if you do anything else, and there'll be all kinds of things to pop up and come, if you do anything else, research shows you're gonna spend 20 minutes. Oh, I didn't know that. And then you scroll down, no way, click this link. Look at that. Ooh, ah. 20 minutes later, it's the age of distraction. And we need to be focusing on some other things. And here's a big problem, you ready? Too much news. Now I've got a condition uh, where I'm glad in the Lord. Some of y'all have another condition. It's an addiction to the news. So as pastor told you, I'm a doctor and I have written you a prescription. And here it is, way less news, way more word, okay? Now, 
This is not gonna, your condition's not gonna clear up right away. And it probably will try to come back. So this is not for two weeks. This is for the rest of your life. This will auto refill. Your insurance will cover it. Okay? But come on, what is it? Way less news, way more word. And it's what we focus on really, really, truly matters. Because what you see, you're going to say. And when we're watching news and we're so stuck to social media and all of those things, we have become spectators. And the next aspiration of a spectator is to become a commentator. And so we're just talking, 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 talking. And we, and we see people and we got to talk about everything. What you see, you say. And so you're at the gas pumps. I can't believe her. And we go on and then we got to talk to the person on the other side of the pump, right? And so we just talk and we talk and, and it takes away our focus. So instead of gratitude, now we're griping. Instead of saying we can do this, we're saying there's no way. Instead of saying let's go, we're saying why even try? And so life really is this. Get a hold of this. I'm condensing this so much. But life really is this. Life is what you can control. Life is what you can control. There's so many things that you can control. But life is also how we respond to what we cannot control. So let me go back to gas prices real quick. I would like to know, is there anyone in here who can control gas prices? Please stand up. I need to talk to you. Is there anyone here? You can't. But what do we do? We freak out. We stress out because we're trying to control something that we cannot control. And so what do we do? We talk to people on the other side of the pump. We wouldn't talk to them any other place. And how we respond to what we cannot control. And I would just say to you, just watch what God will do. The things you cannot control, give them to God. Because he's in control. And he's good. Trust him with that. I say to people all the time, you know, they're in a tough situation. I say, watch what God will do. Watch what God, if I were to get a tattoo, and I don't have any tattoos, it's not a theological thing with me, it's just I'm chicken. But if I got a tattoo, it would go across here. Say, watch what God will do. If I get it next time I'm here, I'll show you. <laughs> now I won't get invited. So listen to me. We don't deny that there's problems. We don't deny that there's mess and frustration and injustice and confusing things out there. But we have to deny them the right to be our focus. So a principle I live by, a principle I teach is, is, is right here. Stay on the right side of the butt. Would you read it? Stay on the right side of the butt. So let's just go back to gas prices just as a thing, okay? So I can't believe these gas prices and it just seems like they're going up more and I heard this in California, they're paying that. But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Or if you get on the wrong side of the butt, you say, I know that God will supply all my needs according to, but have you seen these? And you need some spiritual chiropractic adjustment to get back on the right side of the, of the butt. Come on, give me a big butt here in the church. I, I didn't mean it like that, it sounded. But stay on the right side of the butt. This is not blessing me, but I am blessed. 
I'm not happy about this, but I'm happy in the Lord. It has everything to do with what you know and what you focus on. My condition is I'm glad I'm happy in the Lord. Why? Because God is in control and God is good. We've got to set our focus on the things that we know about God. Colossians 3, 2, I'm almost done. Set your mind on things above. Set your mind, that's the focus, not on the things of the earth. We don't deny those things are here, but our focus needs to be on the things above. Look in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 and 18. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze, that's our focus, on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. We fix our focus on the ultimate, not just the immediate. Focus, set your focus on the big picture, not just on the one thing. Set your focus on the whole story. The whole story, not just that one page or one chapter. Set your focus on the whole journey. The whole journey, not that rough patch or that rough road, but the whole journey. And then you'll be able to say with confidence and gladness, I'm in a tough spot and this is a rough road, but watch what God will do because I know his history and I know that he's in control and I know that he is, he is good. We live down in central Florida and we're pretty, we live pretty close to Disney and I'm not here to comment on their politics or anything else today. But uh, raising five kids, that was a great place to go and have some fun. In the Animal Kingdom, one of their parks, they have a whole section that is dinosaurs. And they have a ride called Dinosaur Countdown to Extinction. And it is so realistic and it is so vibrant and just everything else. And you go into that ride there, we got the picture of it. You go into it and guys like this just kind of come out of the trees and they're just right there. Some of them have fake drool that's there. And, and some of them pop out and there's like a spray that comes on and it's so loud and vivid and it's just right there. And look at the people. And that lady, she's from Toledo. <laughs> and all these people are like, ah! And you can hear them screaming. And when you're waiting in line to get on this Jeep and they say, strap in, but you may not make it back. <laughs> and you go through and these giant things are coming out at you and you're like, oh God, it's over. But I'll scream, I'll have fun and all that, but I know this, nothing's gonna eat me. I'm gonna come, and matter of fact, nothing's gonna eat me. When I get out of here, I'm gonna go buy a turkey leg. <laughs> and later, I'm gonna ride Space Mountain. So I hope you can get the parallel. This is our world, these are our days, and all these things are so threatening and looming and so big and so close and ominous to us, and you just need to know it. You know what? even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of dinosaurs. I'm not gonna fear, I'm gonna come out of this. I'm gonna be all right. You know why I'm gonna be all right? Because God's in control and God is good. And when I know that, and when I stay focused on that, I can stay happy. I can have a condition that is glad. I've got circumstances, they don't thrill me, but I stay on the right side of the butt. And I keep my focus on God who is in control and who is good. And therefore, bless you.
I am glad. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? I pray so. Thank you. Now, I got my times mixed up first service, and I quit 10 minutes early. So y'all owe me 10 minutes. So let's go a little bit longer. No, I'm teasing. Hey, I want to pray for you before I get out of the way. Um, I want to tell you something. There's going to be another. Now, stay with me. Don't panic on this, okay? I want to tell you what the next pandemic is going to be. Spiritual emptiness. We're in a world right now where you can be anything, say anything, do anything, have at it. This will make you happy. I just want to be myself. I want to just, whatever it would be. We're living in a world of that. But here's the thing, nothing satisfies. And in short order, people are going to try this and try that. That was not what I was looking for. It had damaged their soul, but people are going to show up spiritually empty and damaged. And there'd better be some people who have some genuine, genuine gladness, genuine joy. Because I'm telling you, I'm prophesying this. There are going to be waves of people that you never thought would turn toward God. But what the devil meant to evil to destroy lives and destroy families and just wipe people out and destroy them. To give them just free play. We are wired to worship God. We're wired to seek God. And that's what everybody is doing. They just don't know that it's God that they're looking for. And they're going on all the other things that are waved in front of them. And that society and culture says it's okay to go do this. And they'll soon find spiritual emptiness. And the Holy Spirit will draw them to himself. And they'll be broken. And they'll be damaged but they will make the most beautiful believers. And the heaven will get populated. And once again, the devil would say, if I'd known that, I wouldn't have done all this. Because God's in control. God's in charge. And I say it to you, and one time I'll show it to you. Watch what God will do. In the meantime, let's get ourselves glad. Let's get ourselves happy. Because happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Can I pray for you? Holy Spirit of God, thank you for letting us handle your word. Speak to every heart. Help us to know in the middle of all the fog and confusion and everything else that there is joy in you. There is gladness in you. I pray for those that are distracted by whatever in their life. Help them to get their focus back on you. Help us to increase our knowledge of the greatness of you. And let us know that the people of the Lord can be glad. Help us to cast our cares on you. Help us to stay on the right side of the butt. Spirit of the living God, we cannot do this without you. And it matters in our lives, but it also matters for the lives of so many other people that are going to be coming to you. So touch us. Let us not forget this moment. Begin a holy and lasting work in every one of us. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Calvary.
If any of you are interested in changing your last name to Gilligan so he can be your brother too, we'll be in the atrium. This is the... He just said it's definitely Gilligan. I don't know what that meant, and so we'll clear that up later, brother. So, uh, hey, track with me for just one minute. I'm sitting there thinking, Tim, this is the fourth time we try to schedule Pastor Tim to come be with us. One time there's a hurricane in Florida. They have hurricanes in Florida. You will do better in Toledo. And then uh, it just conflicts different calendar things. And I thought, why? Why did it take so long? And it might have be because some of you needed to hear just that today. So I don't want you to just listen up. God wants you to live it out. And what you heard today from God's word, sitting in this room, watching on a screen somewhere, was exact, like you know it in your gut right now, that God is saying, I want you to be glad. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And you didn't hear something from the timeless word of God today. You heard something timely from the word of God today, just for you. So Lord, thanks for your word. Lord, and, and we all thank you for the way you speak to us. But God, I'm just so impressed that there are some of us here today who needed this because of the circumstances we're in, because of the way the enemy has just been ringing us out, by the way that life's been getting us down. And you, by your spirit, just in these last few moments, have been whispering to our hearts, You've been setting us up to hear today something powerful from your word that your spirit wants to live out in us. Lord, for some of us, it's even a day where we, we need to just clearly say, God, I'll never find happiness on my own. And Jesus, I recognize I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I give you my life. Lord, I pray for the one that has been empty of happiness. I pray for the one who has been chasing gladness, that today you would do something so fresh, so new in their life, because happy are those whose God is the Lord. And for the one who is in the, in the throes of it right now, God, would you remind them that at just the right time, and in just the right place, you sent just the right word so that they would know just how much you love them. And Lord, that you'd fill them with your gladness today. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Tim, Alicia, their family, for Meadowbrook. God, would you bless them? And would you continue to do through their ministry, through that church and in their lives above and beyond what they can ask or imagine? And Lord, as we go from here, would you go with us? Send us out with your special favor and with your wonderful peace. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One more time, we thank Pastor Tim. <laughs> Calvary, have a great week. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next Sunday.